Hello, welcome to another Idea Prov episode. Um, I'm here with Chris. Chris is a guy that I met out on uh, on LinkedIn a, little, a while back after I got talking fitness and some other things. And we just kind of connected and thought that we should do an episode together. So we came together and decided on a topic that I think you guys will be really um, kind of excited to hear about, especially with the landscape that we're living in right now. And so I want to kind of give Chris the floor to kind of set out, see how he's doing and introduce himself. Yeah. So dude, super pumped about this. Honestly, uh, looking forward to, I thought it was yesterday and I was like, Oh shit. I totally missed the, t- I was like on oh, my thing. I'm like, Oh no, no, I'm going to now. So, uh, no, I'm super excited, man. I'm, I'm really, really pumped to talk, talk about this. So our intro for, or I should say topic for today was mental health, right? So for most people in this time of pandemic or in general, you know, they focus on the physical health and making sure that the body is kind of working the way it's supposed to, whether it's coming back from injury. Um, But oftentimes the idea of mental health has kind of been I guess, put to the back burner. Sometimes there's stigma about it. People are very unsure. It just doesn't have the same, I guess, allure as normal health. I guess, I I can't say normal health, but as physical health has, right? So we wanted to kind of open up and explore this topic and kind of say, how can we better focus on our mental health on a day-to-day to stay sharp? Now, my first thought about this is, I try and do a little bit here and there, whether it's a little bit of a routine or um, just things to mentally keep yourself sane, whether it's from a positive standpoint. Um, so things like you know taking a walk, just kind of get the things moving, but then also doing little games and stuff that I try and enjoy. So whether that's on my phone, instead of doing social media, you know, I'll play or I'll, uh, I'll do like a language lesson, right? Or do some kind of game that works like my spatial you know, integrity for the brain. So just little things like that, I think is something that can start people in the right direction. As far as going a little bit deeper, I think of course there's a whole gamut of um, issues that sometimes people need to talk through. Um, I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist, but I know it's it's one of those things that oftentimes people just need a, a listening ear. Yeah, I think so too. And I think when it comes to fitness and it comes to things in general, like I've been doing this now for 10 years and I like all things that happen mentally always come out in the physical, right? So like, like if somebody is feeling perhaps super depressed or whatever, they're not tending to overeat on chicken breast. You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't happen, right? Right? I've never had somebody ever message me be like, oh, I had a late night binge and I just killed a pound of chicken. You know, it's never happened. And so I think what it, what a lot of this kind of boils down to is like not sedating yourself with the fitness, with the games, with the things like that, and actually working through the actual real problems, you know? And again, I'm not a psychologist too. I'm just saying, we're both, we're both two dudes from the internet, right? I like to tell people, I'm like, hey, I'm just some guy from the internet, but this is probably what I would do. Um, but I think that's, I think it's huge to do those things on like the surface layer, but once you start packing it away, you're like, wow, this is where it starts getting, this is where the fixes come, right? Right. So where, where do you think those those fixes usually tend to mani- manifest themselves first? Is it more like, so from your perspective, you know, coaching these people, 
can you notice right off the bat that there's there's a blockage there or is it more like over time dealing with them you realize that they're not kind of or maybe they're plateauing or something along those nature yeah yeah and so i think it's like to be a good coach or to be somebody that helps people you have to ask why too too many times right like you have to keep asking why like a great example is yesterday i had uh, a lady that I've been talking to for 10 years. I've known her since I just started coaching, right? She's actually a uh, trainer friend of mine's client who I just started talking to her, just friendly. And then eventually she started running out of patterns. And what actually happened is that she would get overly obsessive with fitness and then still not be satisfied with her results. And so once you start asking somebody why often, like, why are you reaching out to me now? Susan, her name's not Susan. Okay, gyms are shut down. Why is that a problem for you? Why, why, why? And it just comes to find that fitness for her had such a big component of who she was. And the reason why she wanted to be that was because her husband cheated on her and she felt like if she looked better, that he, that she would have some intrinsic value, although her husband never said anything about it, right? So you keep asking why enough and we could deal with the like, oh, you just need five minutes of you time, which is so true. But also if every day you go home, there's a reminder of why you're having all these problems and fitness is trying to solve it and gaming's trying to solve it, it's still there, you know, like we can fix the surface all day. Yeah, and it's, it's funny that you bring up that point because I see a lot of people that when just like, for example, the pandemic hit, it's like they didn't know what to do. Like their world kind of stopped and slowed down and it did for a lot of people. And I think it, that was a natural feeling, a natural reaction for almost everybody. Um, but, you know, when it came to fitness, you know, like there's a little pond where I live and I saw the people that it seemed like everybody went through the same, same level, right? It was like the first two weeks of like, I don't know what to do. And then you saw people, okay, let me take a walk. Let me take a run. Let me do some squats along the thing. And so it was like, it was great for the, for the physical portion of it. But I thought, I always felt like a lot of people were really numb to the mental aspect of it, right? So, you know, one of the things I saw from, from people was everybody was doing that, but everybody was just glued to their phones, like nonstop trying to see what the world is about, trying to consume information. And I told myself personally, I said, okay, I don't know how long this is gonna last. I gotta find some little nuggets of peace, tranquility, um, routine, normalcy, and, and, and make this into my normal way of being so that way I can make sense of it all. Um, I know that's not always easy for all people because it takes a lot of internal introspection, uh, but it worked, you know? And so like three, four months in, I feel like I'm in a decent place and considering this could go into next year or whenever it is, um, it's, it's there, you know? Yeah, yeah, and I think some people, like, like I'm a part of a, uh, a program it's called wake up warrior no plug intended right but i'm part of that and it really goes down to like what is the story like literally our, our fireside chat today not even 20 minutes ago was on that like what's your story like what is it what is this frame this mental thing that you are holding on to the 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 thing that you're once a pandemic once x event happens what's whatever why is it that you keep reacting this certain way Right. And it's because we don't, we're afraid to go deep on people. And that's why 
don't know if you've seen my posts on LinkedIn or I get tons of emails that are with like FUs and screw you, you don't know my life or whatever. When it's like, I'm, I know where the roots of the problem are. We can talk about how frilly cool stuff is to like be in nature and all that. But in nature, are you asking why you're, why you're so stressed out? Why is it that when your kid doesn't listen to you, why do you freak out? You know, once you start asking those questions, then you can start really fixing this mental health problem and not have to like keep stuffing and sedating and ruining your life by like keeping it in. Yeah, that's, that's, that's it's, it's funny because like you're, you're saying this and I'm, I'm thinking about honestly like people in my life where I'm like, yeah, you could probably be a little bit better. You could be a little bit better, right? Um, at kind of focusing this energy. Now, you, you brought up a good point for me is, is looking at it from a, I guess like a depth lens. I guess, do you think that a lot of this stuff is around for a long time? Like since birth, is it environment? Is it nature versus nurture? Is it a little bit of both? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a lot, man. I think if we, like, cause if we dive down to the, like I, I deal in obesity a lot, right? Like I train people to lose weight. And so like when we dive into obesity, if we just think like to kind of, then I'll relate it to the other thing is like, when you were sad, what did your parent, what do your parents do? Give you ice cream and cake and cookies, right? When your parents were sad, what did their parents do? Give them ice cream, cake, cookie. And we can look at that down forever. And so with this, if we go down, now turn the page to like the mental health aspect is sedate, hide, or run away. One of those. You always do one, one of those three, right? And so uh, when World War II happened and guys went to war, blowing people up, seeing the worst violent things ever, do they go home and talk freely about it? Mm-mm. No, dude. So they just stuff it. And like, instead of that one day where you could have been like, hey, I'm really struggling, you just keep stuffing and you keep feeding these, I call them dragons. You keep feeding these baby dragons, this thing that was this big, you turn around and you're like, shit, that thing's huge. And now you, then you start getting helpless, right? And then learned helplessness starts going in and now you're like, I can't, I can't do it. And then life, like we're talking about, becomes meaningless and numb. And it's scary and it's sad. And there's people that you and I both know that run into that all the time. And like my, my mission, I'm sure is for you with this topic is to like, I don't want people to feel like that. Cause I've been there, dude. I've been in that pit before, you know, it's never fun. And like my story and their story shouldn't end that way. Right, right. And it's, it's interesting cause I think we all have these dragons. It's not something that anybody is immune to. It's just what kind of dragon is it? You know, um, for me, I know one of the, the personal ones that I fight all the time is I have this sense that I'm supposed to constantly be better than I actually am right now. You know what I mean? So it's always like I'm, I'm always striving for this next bar, this next bar, this next bar. And so I have to I've kind of been working on trying to train myself to be okay with where I'm at, to be okay with my journey, to not compare my journey to anybody else's. Um, they're not on the same path that I am, you know? So it's it's a completely different playing field. And this isn't necessarily talking about, you know, monetary or, you know, what, what I have versus what you have. It, it's not like that. Um, it's just this like internal ambition. And so being comfortable with I shouldn't say being comfortable, being content with where I am now, but still having quality ambitions to be better, right? 
So and, and it's, and it's difficult for people to grasp um, because there's this constant pressure by society and media to keep up with the Joneses and to constantly buy bigger cars and bigger houses. And that was, you know, probably generations there in the past. Um, and so I think that has fed a lot of people's insecurities in this in this region um, to the way that I think about it to get over it, you know, thought off the top of my head is it, you just have to be, you have to realize that that's not your path, right? It's like, so you can't live in somebody else's shoes. They can have a yachts and cars and the whole nine, but what happens if they're not, their body isn't physically healthy or their mind isn't physically healthy and then they start, you know, running off in dementia at 60 years old, you know? Like, is that any better than where you're at right now? Probably not. Right, right. And I think a lot of it, like with what, what you said spoke to me was like, you, you said that you're, need to be content with where you are and then directly after you say you don't need to keep up with anybody else and i think that's where a lot of people get stuck with is like how do we have that ambition to want more but want more not for not for them but for you you know and being okay with wanting more for you and have nothing to do with them and i think it's like that then dives into the next piece like you said is like cool you go on instagram and go flopping through stuff you only see the highlight reel right you never like no one ever's like i mean if unless you see some of my videos where i'm like today sucked and like somebody asked me if i'm doing well and i'm not i say today's a shitty day it's not a good day today i'm not having a good day right but it'll be better and i'll be able to make it you know it's all good but i think a lot of people they'll they just want the high they think that life including my daughter my daughter truly believes that these shows she watches on youtube that's how life is right um, and because who are you and I different than my daughter besides that we're probably over the age of 25 and our frontal cortex is all the way developed, right? Or fully developed to some degree. So we have some rationale and reasoning there, but, but like deep rooted in our reptilian brain, we see what we see is what we perceive to be real. When we take a step back and look at these kids shows where the kids acting all happy and go lucky, but behind doors, she's a brat but the parents are gonna put bratty kids on their on the YouTube thing, you know what I mean? They're not gonna do that, they're, they're shelling out their kids. And so that's something I think we need to, that a lot of people need to take into consideration. And when people post things, like what a new trend is on Instagram, because I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram, Facebook a little bit, um, is that a trend now is like for, and I'm not pointing any fingers, I'm just saying this is what happens normally, is that women will post pictures edited and then unedited afterwards, right? But they're only doing it because it's the thing to do. It's not the right thing to do. They're doing it because that's what so-and-so's done, so I need to do that too. So they're still keeping up with the Joneses, right? And so no one, not many are willing to be like, hey, how are you having, are you having a good day? And then saying, no, I'm not. Because they're not willing to be real. And because they're going surface layer and not deep. It's so tough for people to do because I think there's a lot of people that have been conditioned to always think that everything is supposed to be good. Like you're always supposed to be happy because if you see that person that's unhappy or bad, you're like, uh, I don't want to off on them or I don't want to seem like I'm a negative person or something like that or have a negative perception. And I think it, it, it boils down to a lot of, and I had a, a buddy at work that had, um, his, his little girl was going through some, some rough times and he said, I just had to kind of sit down with her and 
show her for the moment that what she was going through was just a period in time and why she was upset was just an emotion for that period. And to realize that that is just an emotion, it will have its moment, you can embrace it, you see it, you see it for what it is and you let it pass. And if you continue to look at your emotions like that, it creates a little, a lot more of an even balance with you. And then you're okay with saying things that are negative. You're okay with saying things that are ultra authentic because you're, it's almost like you're being your true self because you're not letting your emotions dictate your mental state, which I think is a huge component for a lot of people that they're really unaware of. Yeah. And I think, um, there's, and again, not to bring this up cause I just live this, I live this stuff as best as I can, probably not as best as I can, but close to as best as I can, is that I think why there's such a mental breakdown is that imagine like if there had to be like a mic here and a mic at work and a mic at home and a mic with your parents and a mic with your kids and mic at church and mic at whatever. How exhausting is that? Man, like just imagine if like I could show up today right here, not have to put on any front, can swear and have no like, oh, I said a toddy word, right? And not have to worry about it. Like, I'm not a pirate, but I'll say potty words, whatever, you know? And so like, I could do that at home. I could do that. I don't, I choose not to swear in for my in-laws because they're really religious. I choose, like, I don't like, I, but I can be myself everywhere. Like how freeing is that? And on top of that, I still have problems. So like if I'm able to be free and still feel pain, I can just imagine where people are who aren't. Okay, now do you think when you're talking about like for example with your in-laws or whatever the case may be, is that, is your ability to be yourself, wait, let me phrase this right. Is this your, your ability to, to be yourself, is that, do you feel like that's coming from within, like authentically, or do you feel that you need the permission from others. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's a great point. I don't think so. I think for me, like, um, I, without without having to put any names on certain things, right? Because we don't want that. But I used to belong to the same religion they did. And so I would walk in tow and just be like this little peon in that same space and then have that what's called persona fatigue is like running into problems of not being who true you truly are i just don't say curse words around them because they don't choose to say curse words and so i don't want to have like that like hey i feel uncomfortable because you're swearing i can still get my point across without saying shit you know yeah i could say that so yeah, yeah, and I think it's just, it is a matter of like the frame in which you see it, right? If you feel compelled to because you have to walk in tow or they won't accept you, then now you're being persona fatigue and now you have to uphold this character that's not truly you. But if you do it because like, hey, I just choose the worst wishes that they have to not curse. Okay, that's fine. Uh, okay, so there, there's a little bit of a differentiation there, right? So it's a, it, there's almost like a, um, I wouldn't say like a limit, but it's it's a choice to that you make to effectively uphold that situation better, right? You're not changing your whole self. You're not changing the whole core of your being. You're not, um, you know, creating an entirely different persona. You just choose to, in that particular moment, edit. Right? Was that is that fair? Yeah, yeah. Just like with um, 
You know, you can't, you probably shouldn't go run outside and say, um, like, like point at people and talk about them. You probably shouldn't do that. I could, it would be who I would be. And I probably shouldn't do that because it's like, not because I'm not compelled to not do it, but because I choose to not do it because I take other people's feelings into consideration and doesn't mean I have to change the way that I am to be around them, right? Yeah. Now with that in, I guess you're talking about not changing and being okay. Like what's the first step that you think of when kind of taking all those different personas, like work Chris, um, home Chris, dad Chris, in-law Chris, and just saying, hey, how can I blend all these? Do you just find like the, you think it's best to just find that common characteristics about how you feel about all those different environments and that's like the, the core self and then work from there? Or just rip off the band-aid and just say, hey, I'm gonna say whatever it is I want in every, in every single situation and see which one <laughs> is flies and which one doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah, no, so I, I, I just started thinking like, when I was at, when I went into a situation with somebody, did I have to act differently than I would around my kids? Like, so if I went to church and I had to say certain things and do certain things, would I be okay with doing that at home? And if the answer is yes, then I do it. And if the answer is no, then I know that's not my true self. And it's okay to be like in, like there's, I think one common thing with all of this is that certain people think there's one single truth in life when that's not true, right? And so like, like you choose, somebody choosing to be let's just throw stuff out there. Somebody choosing to act a certain way at uh, a church, let's say, um, that could be different if you belong to a Catholic church, to a Mormon church, to a non-denominational Christian church, to a Jewish uh, synagogue, to whatever, right? Um, And so all these things, like like if you had to continue to uh, be different in all these places, like it'd be so exhausting. And so whatever's true to you is true to you. And that's okay. There's no good nor bad. I think there just is. And I think people put a label, like you're talking about with emotions, having like it carry out and it having a good or bad, like because someone's a turd doesn't mean it's anything bad just because it just is, right? Just is, and that's okay. And that's okay. And I think one, one of the things that you brought up about there is the concept of a label. Right. And I think it's it's so quick. We inherently always want to judge. Right. We, we want to cast judgment because I think indirectly or directly, we want to compare ourselves to things. Right. And so one of the one of the tricks that I've found that has been super helpful for me has been just calling out when I'm either feeling something, I'm seeing something just out in space on a day to day life and when you call things out about yourself, it automatically kind of makes people feel that they can do the same thing. You know, it it creates that vulnerable space for them to say, okay, you know what? This particular individual is clearly self-identifying and can, can see that he's not perfect, right? And so when you remove that ideal sense of perfection, all of a sudden people are like, okay, well, it's not that bad. If he can do it, I can do it. And then it kind of starts to, to grow and to spiral. And then people automatically say, well, if 
I'm not perfect, then I can accept my flaws, work on them as I, as I want to. Um, but then if I'm able to accept my flaws, then I'm able to kind of just say what I want more freely, knowing that I'm not perfect. Totally, totally. And then that becomes like a, like a, like the next, like, and this can get super deep, right? Cause then what's considered a flaw, right? Because like I, I have, I, it's crazy as recently i'm 28 now um i get p's d's uh g's anything with the circle and the, the our alphabet i type it wrong i don't and i write it wrong right i write it incorrectly all right boy with a q i'm like what is going on right it's just crazy and it's just happened i'm like and maybe it's dyslexia i don't know which is okay that would be to some considered a flaw but also i do really good on video so it's trained me to be like, cool. I know that I can either A, like work on the things that I consider flaws or double down and know that I'm really good at speaking eloquently on video and ad-libbing things and not to like have some massive script I need to follow. Like I know the framework that I need to work on and it's all good, right? So like, like it's a matter of like knowing like you're talking about and then kind of going back to like fit, uh, why fitness is on the rise and why depression, all these things are on the biggest low is that people are just sedating and not facing the real the real like the truth to them and having to put like so what if i can't read fast i can listen to audio really well and i remember it really well is it a flaw that i can't read yeah just i'm good at other stuff right now okay so with that in trying to change over what what are i guess quote unquote flaws and or not flaws if you're trying to work on those, right? What's your thoughts on whether you should just completely dive in, full-fledged, rip the Band-Aid, or do you kind of just ease on the throttle as far as to working on them? Like, what, what has been, like, the mental dynamic that you've seen with people in regards to that? Yeah, so I think it's a good point, because I think some people, especially in the fitness realm, is they just jump all in, right? They're like, all right, I'm starting fitness on Monday because nothing good ever happens on on Tuesday. So we're gonna start on Monday for sure. And so like, I'm gonna do three workouts per week. I'm gonna have my meal plan all set up. I'm gonna do blah, 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 blah. I'm like, great. Studies show that if you change more than four habits at a time, the likelihood of you, that habit sticking is less than 3%. It's like crazy high. Two habits, two big habits, it's like 60-ish percent. And then one habit is like 90 something percent. I don't know the study, I could find it if, you, if people care to see it or if you care to see it, but it's insanely high. And so what, what is most important is for you to look at your flaws also, I would, or what you would consider flaw, and I would also flip it like I did, right? Cool, I can't read fast. That's great. Most people suck at, at video. Good, I'll be really good at video then. And because fit, especially in the marketing world now, where are people going? Video and audio. Good, good for me. I don't write old English that great, right? So, so like, great, I would just flip whatever you consider a flaw. So maybe another one for me is, I truly, and I don't know, might be true, might not be true, is that I believe I have a, like ADHD bad. Like I cannot stick to a task to whatever reason. But when somebody comes to me with a problem, I have eight books open in my head. I can figure out solutions really quick. Is it a flaw? Maybe. But it, can I use it to my benefit? Yeah. 
And so, so I think looking at it, seeing like the different perspective, flipping it over and be like, cool. So, so I have a, a pro like somebody has a problem. I don't know, just on the topic. I know obesity. Great. What does that cause you to know about yourself that you become obsessed over things? Great. Can you be obsessed over healthy food too then? Yeah. Perfect. Then we're good. Right. So knowing that, that, that it's okay. And then once you see the dynamic of the flaws that you do have, and that you want to change things, find the one thing that you feel is the thing you need to change. It's not a bunch of things, it's just one. So cool, um, like for me, I need to um, really focus on, I don't know, organic marketing, let's say. Great, I'm gonna dive into what are like the things that I'm doing now, what is it do I want to happen? What is it that I need to do to make the want to happen? And then once I get that down, move to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. I, th I think you hit it spot on, especially like you're talking about with the habits and focusing on that, because for me, like I've done both, ripped the bandaid on a couple of things and oftentimes it'll stick. It's a lot harder to do that way. I'm not going to lie. Um, but there's also the aspect of doing it one at a time. And so for me, I've noticed that I kind of almost have to switch it up on myself. I wouldn't say so much as for me, it's like a, like an ADHD type of thing. For me, it's almost the exact opposite. For me, everything is complete analysis. Like I am going through it eight times in my head, going down every single avenue, every single rabbit hole to make every single decision. Meanwhile, I've lost five years of my life. You know, <laughs> you know it's, it's these type of things that, that I have to kind of pull myself back on. So I've really had to kind of focus in the last, I would say, a year to year and a half to really kind of boil down, hey, is this decision that I'm trying to make going to matter in 10 minutes? Is it going to matter in 10 months? Is it going to matter in 10 years? And then approach those decisions like that. If it's going to matter in 10 years, then yes, then I'm then I'm taking that deep dive. I'm looking at it. If it's going to matter, not matter in 10 minutes, you know, like what I'm eating for dinner tonight. Yeah, it matters. You know, I don't want to sit down to a bowl of Oreos and ice cream. But at the same time, it's not the biggest decision. Like I'm probably going to have another meal, you know, um, so it's that that has been for me that that switch as far as turning over now bringing that into the mental health aspect of it. Um, I think it's just that like I know what that is. Right. And there's sometimes like you said, you have to take your quote unquote flaw and just turn it into your advantage. Sometimes you just need a different lens to look through it with. Um, there's sometimes where I could say you might need to adjust your thinking. Like if your flaw is stealing from people, it's probably not a great, great thing. You know, you probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> but um, like you said, just figuring out how your best traits work for you. And I think that could be a huge thing to helping people adjust to some of the dragons that might be in their head. Totally, man. And I think for you though, like with the analysis that you do, like there's no way in God's green earth can I do a, a forum like this and have it be like as smooth as you could because I am a, once I hear what to do, I am on the starting line, three, two, one, go. I'm gonna I'm jump off the cliff and build the plane as I fall, right? And it's worked. There's definite negatives to it, but for you, if it works, dude, 
just keep it rocking. I know you, I saw you had it all sticky notes and stuff. I see you. <laughs> and the thing is, like, and, and even with with some of those sticky notes, like I told myself, I said, hey, listen, you can get all the data that you want, you know, in your own head. Me, party of one, is never going to know what the market's going to want. I said, so you're just going to have to do it. And I said, once you do it, then you get the feedback from people and then you can iterate on it. And then once I started getting that mindset, that framework of innovation, you know, it all kind of took off from there. So bringing it back to like, what are we thinking from a, I guess you could say concept perspective as far as like a day to day. So these, these things that we've been talking about have been maybe a little bit more overarching themes, right? Um, the kind of the introspection type of stuff. Like, is there little things that, that individuals can do to say, hey, listen, I'm having difficulties with maybe depression or uh, substance abuse or, or something like that. And of course there's, you know, different arrangements to go ahead and do that. But is there little things that they can do that can kind of, I guess, not feed those dragons? You know, you, you, you might not be able to like slay them, I guess you could say, but I guess you could just not feed them and let them starve out, right? Totally, yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of it comes down to like, like the, the killing it by one fell swoop or by a thousand cuts, you know? And so like, like a lot of the stuff when it comes to the depression, the, the substance abuse, all that, it's like, like, how many people, and I know this because I, you know, I've coached for 10 years, I've coached a lot of people. It's like, how many, how many people's spouses know the problems they're dealing with? Like probably not many, you know? And so I think it's being vulnerable enough to know that it's okay to like say, like I literally had a conversation with, with my wife a couple months ago about something. It's actually not a couple months ago, about a month ago. This year feels like it's been six years already. Like every month is like, wow, here's another year going by and we're only in freaking July, you know? Um, but I had a conversation with her. I said something and it was something that I'd held on to for eight years, eight years of our marriage sucks. Not fun, right? Nothing that's crazy serious. So not a cheater or anything like that. Right. But, but something that like bothered me eight years ago, I kind of got over it, but I, it was still there. Like it was still just sitting there and I just needed to get rid of it. And so I think, I think allowing, like allowing that vulnerability would be so, so important. And then the next thing when it comes to like feeding them or not doing stuff, I, I do stuff. It's called, I call it, I think it's called anchoring. I don't know if it is or not, whatever. I don't deal in the, the fancy medical terms or nerdy stuff. I just like to know what the concept is and just do it. So if I'm about to do something that's stupid or getting into a state or starting to catch myself, start drifting down into like some bad spiral, I will literally not, not, not like, uh, not literally, but like not theoretically, but I literally take a step back. So I'm not in the same spot that I was just thinking. And I thought, why am I feeling this way? All right, I'm depressed because a good example, yesterday my daughter wasn't listening to me while we're at the jumpy park and it was really frustrating. And I'm like, why am I, why am I upset at this four-year-old kid who's not listening to me? Well, I didn't want to be looked to as somebody who listens to and respected. And when you don't, when my daughter doesn't listen to me and respect me, it hurts me. And so am I mad at her for not listening? No, am I, I'm mad that I haven't been able to instill that sort of authority or respect into my daughter to where she wants to listen to me and is not coerced into listening to me. And so what do I do then? Figure out a way to do it. Haven't figured it out yet, one day I will. But, but at least I know the direction I need to go. You know what I mean? At least I know where to go. So when that comes up again, I'll be like, all right, I need to look into how do I do that? And so just, it just it, allowing yourself to be okay with, hey, 
sometimes you're going to get depressed and pissed and want to punch stuff and break things and all that. That's okay. It's okay. Right. But then also like figuring out a way to not let that sit here and a way to get it out. Yeah. And, and it's it, like, I've done that a hundred, a thousand times and it works every single time. I, I mean, I'm not going to lie and to all the listeners out there. This is something that you can do from, from jump street. Anytime that you get emotional or, or frustrated or something, you can literally and or figuratively just stop, take that step back and be like, just, just process in your mind how you want this to go, right? And then why do you want it to go that way? Why is it not going that way? And then why can I, how can I get it there? And by doing that over the course of probably 30 seconds to a minute, most of the time, like your anger, your frustration, whatever will dissipate. You'll understand the reasoning to the problem and you can probably come up with a pretty good idea on how to solve like all in one shot. Totally. And, and the thing is, what's great about it is that you get to make the decision of how the story goes. Like you don't like no one else can make that story. Like I could have this story of like, great. My daughters want to listen to me because she's a little shit which is true, right? She gets it from me though, you know what I mean? Or it could be like, I have not taken responsibility in being the parent that has some authority and has respect from my child right now, which is okay, which means I need to do something. And so it puts onus on me, gives me the reason to like do something to change it. And if I value the change, it bothers me enough, I'll do it. And if it doesn't, then I'll just wait for it to happen again until eventually like, the dragon of me not doing anything is actually continuing to be fed because I just getting this false like hope that oh great like I put, I made an end to it I know I need to do something but I haven't done it and so like I think the final piece is actually just doing something like probably have more time with my daughter and and like being there for her more often instead of working or or when I get home getting off my phone and, and playing dolls or letting her paint my toenails or something like that so that she respects me so that we have a deeper connection something like that now to flip on the on the other side as far as like we were talking about taking a step back you know when we're frustrated when we're you know um upset or whatever the case is is there a way that you can instead of because some people are going to be out there hey we're looking at the negatives right what are things that we can do to reinforce the positive behaviors when we have the, the correct, I guess, outcome or, or um, we present ourselves the best way that we would like to. Like, what are those things that we can do to say, to reinforce those behaviors like that felt good? Like one of the one ones for me is is doing almost the exact same thing, the anchoring, right? And, and that taking a step back is almost like, hey, listen, like I didn't know how that was gonna go but i said the things that i wanted to say i presented myself the way i was was completely okay with and everything kind of turned out nicely and everything's okay so i think that's one step one characteristics because you can pivot that and go on the positive as well um but i'm thinking like there's got to be some other ways that we can better focus our end or i shouldn't say better focus our energy but focus our energy in that way to reinforce those positive behaviors too yeah yeah and i think that's huge man i think like like there's something actually that I have. I'll take you on a little journey. I have something that I have. Uh, just little. I forget. I don't know that again. I don't care in the whole sciencey fancy terms or whatever. But I have stuff that just is good reminders. Like literally, I have a picture for me to Spartan race. 
when I bawled my eyes out after crushing my time by like an hour and some change, you know what I mean, at a race. I have right here, daughter of my picture drew when we were at work together and then another one of her like a year and some change ago. And so like, like having those sorts of things, having like that, um, like a symbol or some sort of, um, some something that reminds you of the good and also celebrating it. Like, I think some people don't like, I think again, kind of going over, like keeping up with the Joneses, like, like people like in business, I, like in, in my business, when I talk to people, like we freely talk about our income freely. We're all excited about it. Right? Like, oh my gosh, like so-and-so made 160,000 in a month, in a month. Holy crap. That's amazing. I could be like, oh, good for her. She's so great. It'd be like, cool. Now I see that I can do something like that. Right. And so like having that, uh, having that different frame and having like a way to like celebrate your wins throughout the process and being okay with it. Like it's okay to post a picture of you in a bikini, although it's not what the Joneses do, but you feel damn good because you put in work while everyone's eating cake. You're the one who's eating your salads and eating your workouts in. It's okay. You can do that. Yeah. I think that's one thing is allowing yourself that deep, like, yes, type of thing. Yeah. And I think, I think that the, the most important piece of that is to find that piece where you're doing it for yourself and not for anybody else, not for the likes, not for the retweets or whatever the case may be. You're just doing it because like you said, like you killed your Spartan race by an hour and change. Like that's a phenomenal feat. Like those things are not easy. And so posting that, is very is very positive it's it's for you it's it's showing that hey like i overcame this particular goal that i had and i achieved it right um so for people i think i think you have to really take that moment to say hey why am i why am i posting this and say hey this this is my motivation this is this is what i'm going towards and then make that happen make that a reality totally totally and it all boils down to like like we talked about for that frame like why are you doing it like do I want to generate as much revenue as that one girl did in a month because I want to beat her? No. Do you know how many lives she has to impact to be able to do that? So many lives, man. So many. And so I'm not, I'm like, the money's cool. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Uh, 160 in a month? That would be nuts. That would be, that's like, all right, I'm buying a Lambo money. You know what I mean? Like that, that Tesla Cybertruck is mine money. You know what I mean? But more importantly, it's a symbol of how good she's helping people. And so when you, when people do that, her frame, her lens is not to be like, ha ha, you guys suck. It is look what can happen. Look when you put these systems, these processes in place, how much you can change people's lives. She's not stealing that money. People, people yeah, people are giving it to her. And so I posted that and I literally remember that day, like, and it's so important too, to, to immortalize those things. Like it's on Facebook, it's on my memories. Every year I see it, bam, 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 bam. And it's because like, I remember that day so specifically. I remember exactly what happened. I remember exactly what happened after the race. It was the first time I had like a, a caffeinated drink in like 12 months. Like it was, it was awesome as I'm sipping on Monster now, right? But like, like all those things, it's so, it's so important. And I put, I put it out there in, in the ether, not for anybody else, screw everybody else. I don't care if I had anybody like it. I don't care. But what I care about is, man, imagine if I did that and that can impact one person to like motivate them to be like, hey, I literally 
bawled my eyes out. Like I lost a puppy afterwards, but I was so happy that I did what I did. So happy. And just thinking about it gets me jacked to run, even though I got Achilles tendonitis really bad. <laughs> I can't run like at all right now. <sighs> Makes me upset, but, but yeah, man, it's so like that frame, just changing your frame to like it being about you and not being about cool, what Mike's doing, what Bill Gates is doing, what Elon's doing, what the girl next door is doing with their new car. Like, cause you don't know what they're going through and you don't know if like, hey, are they balling out? Because a good example, I know somebody's balling out right now cause they're going through a divorce. Cool, man. Spend, spend your monies, have fun. You're empty inside. Is it worth it? You know? Yeah. So you got to look at that focus now. Okay. So the, the, a lot of the push that we've, we've had so far has been either to, I guess, pivot your flaws, right? And, and put, push that in the positive. We're also looking at like, what's your story, realizing the emotion, kind of um, anchoring, taking your step back. What's the value for you looking at the individual, let's say yourself, right? Ourselves. Do we always have to be doing something or is there power in almost doing nothing, right? Like quieting the mind, quieting kind of the soul and looking and not necessarily looking at anything, but intrinsically doing the things that we want to do at that point in time. So what, what I mean by that is like, for example, pandemic, everything's crazy, even before that. Um, recently became a dad probably, uh, what, seven months ago now? So yay, right? Of course, but that, that changes a lot of things, right? Your time doesn't always become your own anymore. Um, but, but one of the things that I've carved out with, with the lady is, usually there's one night a week in which it's just for three hours, maybe whatever, is just mic time. It's my time to do whatever that I'd like to do, whether it could be carve some soap if I feel like it. If I feel like watching a movie, I'll do that. If I just wanna eat popcorn and sit on the roof, I'll do that, you know? And, and creating that Zen time for just me, I think is a, something that can be super valuable for people. But I don't know, like I, I wanna get your perspective as to think is there a health? Is, is is there? I shouldn't say a healthy way to do that because I feel like it, whatever's healthy for that particular individual is what they need would make sense. But I don't know. Expand on that. Let me know, let me think with your thoughts. Yeah. So this is what I think, and I'm I'm again. I have this I have this one frame right where I think like always, always, always. Our our goal here is to constantly be either learning, doing something, right? Something of that nature. And so for you, when you say you're doing nothing, you're actually putting monies in the Mike Sanity account. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so, so I think that um, if we're doing nothing, literally zero, just being, uh, I, I don't even know if there is a nothing. You know what I mean? Like if you're sitting on the couch watching TV, you might, it might look like you're doing nothing but you're also could be relaxing. You could be de-stressing. You could be sanity time. You know what I mean? Like I, I the same way I don't have like uh, on like Sunday or something. What was it Sunday? Saturday. I stayed up till 2 a.m. playing video games. That was my time, right? And it might be like doing nothing, but like it's my time to have me build my happiness. And so that's just that. And that's just the frame that I live in. 
right? It's like, I'm constantly trying to get better I'm, and not for anybody else, but because I, I know that I'm worth it. And so for you, like doing nothing or for anybody who's watching, doing nothing would literally mean staring at a, even then staring in a corner of a wall. What are you doing? You're probably meditating at that point. You're probably in your head figuring out things that you need to be doing. And so it's, um, and I don't know, again, it might be the ADHD talking, but I, I, I don't know. I think that, I think that we're always trying to fill some sort of cup, whether it be the business cup, the relationship cup, the, the kid time cup, uh, the our, ourself. And, um, yeah, I think that there's always constant room, room for growing. I think that's where, that's what we're meant to do. Yeah, I, I think that I think that's a good good point is is to learn how to reframe that that just just because you might not seem like you're doing anything, you you still are right. And like you said, you're, you're filling those cups of, of different stuff. And I think what people just need to do is kind of take a step back sometimes. You know, when they're ever they're going, whether they're upset or or going through something, um, you know, potentially traumatic or something like that, and look at those cups and see which ones are out of balance. And sometimes it's definitely it's definitely very hard to do, because it's you know it's it's hard to admit you know when you're out of balance and when you need to make you know adjustments. And sometimes it's hard to admit to others that you may care about in your life that hey I need more time for me or I need to be able to say this or I need to be able to feel that. Um, and that's that's a challenging part for a lot of people. It is, but I like I, and I think something that. Again, I think we, we touched on at the beginning was like, do I want on my deathbed to have anything that I wish I could have done and that I could have said? And I like, I truly am so afraid for people for that. And that's why like when I talk to people, I ask the whys. Like, why is it important that you lose weight? And so like, I just wanna feel good. I'm like, oh cool, so you wanna have better sex with your, with your husband, right? That's it, I know it's it. I need you to tell me that it's it so that you take, you can take that, you know? And so for a lot of this, it's like, we're just so afraid. And I think it's like, and it's a, just, a, it's a thing. I think that uh, like you and I, and the people that probably are attracted to you are caring people. They're probably nice people, but they're afraid to tell people what they want. And it, when they do, they feel selfish. It's not selfish because you can't be selfish, right? Like if, if Mike is completely depleted on his happiness level, what happens when you're, is a boy or girl? girl oh do I have two girls oh my gosh man sucks get ready to cry at everything dude oh but like seriously like like when if your daughter is crying at three o'clock in the morning do you think you're gonna be as happy and sane to do something like I did last night at 3 42 in the morning with a breathing treatment because she was coughing do you think I want to do that and be all super pumped and happy about it if I'm if I'm like depleted in my happiness depleted in my sex with my spouse and depleted in my body no I'm coming in there pissed go to sleep kid come on no you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's not okay. And so it's only, it's only selfish if you view it that way. If you view it like, hey, if, I, if I'm full, if I'm feeling full, not that I have to be first, but I should never be last. How can I be at a, at a range where then I'm able and capable to help you best? Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's huge to, because you, I'm not gonna say that you have to be right or and or balanced to be able to be effectively helping, but at least you should be able to effectively communicate how you can help, where you can help, where you need help um, on a regular basis to make a good quality relationship. And I think that can be very healthy for people, especially if they're going through some mental issues, 
right? So having that freedom to be able to say things that might not go over well, to say things to get them off of their chest, to say things if they're dealing with something or some type of demon that they, they're unaware of how to cope with, you know, to having that freedom and space to say those things is, I think, profound. Totally. And imagine though, like even with it, like I think one apprehension some people have, and I know it's with me, like I have a conversation with somebody in 25 minutes asking why she has not been talking to me, right? It's going to be awesome because people are afraid. They're afraid that like when they talk to somebody, they're going to look at them differently. Right. And I've like, when somebody says that I literally like for, for anybody, just so you know, this is how real people think. I will tell you how real people think. And if you're gonna be like, this guy's crazy, if you ever already thought that, which is okay, I might be crazy, right? I have I have thoughts that happen in my mind that I know for a fact will happen if it's if this weird, strange thing happens. I'm sure you've had it too with your daughter, right? If we get into a car accident with somebody and they, I'm gonna check on my kid first. If they come over to me, I will ask them nicely to go away. If they don't, I'm holding their head on pavement. I know it's going to happen. You know what I mean? I know it. And my, I told my wife that she's like, you're crazy. I'm like, I know I'm crazy, but it will happen. She doesn't judge me for it. She doesn't think like, oh my gosh, I'm going to leave him. But it, imagine you being surrounded by people who truly would leave you. Would you actually want to be around them? So by you expressing yourself, you actually free yourself too of people who are not going to be there for you when you need them anyway. Yeah, that's some he- that's heavy right there because I think if you if you open it up, like you, that's where you start getting into, do I really need these people in my life? If if I'm not able to be if I'm not able to be myself and say the things that I want to say, are they the best people for me? For sure, and that might mean though when you get hit with an ego, your follower account will go down. When I start telling when I start cursing on my posts, and people. Literally, I'll I'll send emails out like, stop wearing your mask, right? Mask of like shame, guilt, whatever. Just happened to fit in COVID time, the little play on words, right? I got a, yeah, yeah. So I got a bunch of people pissed, a bunch of people pissed, right? It's okay. Hurts sometimes, the truth hurts. And so the people that aren't around you won't be around you and that's okay. You don't want those people around you anyway. And sometimes those people are only supposed to be in your life for a little bit of time. Maybe it's supposed to be in there to teach you something, to open up something about yourself. Like, it doesn't mean just because somebody's in your life, they're going to be there forever. And that's one thing that's that I found that is cool. It's okay for people to pass through, you know? So, all right, well, everybody, I just want to be respectful of Chris's time, and we got to get to his segment real quick. But in order to wrap up here, I just want to give you a few highlights of some of the things that we found to be able to, things that you can do on a regular to be able to make sure that your uh, your mental game is at its strongest. So one of the things is like, own your own story. Let yourself know what, what things are going on in your life and be okay with them. Um, realizing your emotions in the moment and or anchoring, you know, taking a step back and being able to kind of evaluate what's going on, um, where, you're, where you're at with it and how you can make the, the adjustments that you need to feel more authentic authentic and, and feel like you're, you're, um, you're who you want to be and who, how you want to present yourself. You can change your habits slowly or you can change your habits quickly, but just make sure that you know the ramifications of both and to know that slower can lead to more lasting change. Um, be vulnerable or try and be vulnerable um, as best as you can because it allows people to also be vulnerable with themselves and allows you to 
be a little bit more authentic in how you present yourself and make it okay to get through some of those, you know, if you have any of those issues or things that may upset you. And then also try and use as many symbols of positivity and um, celebrate it authentically because when you work for something like that, you can really effectively make some positive change in your life. Yeah. Did I miss anything? No, solid. Sweet. So great. One, be respectful, like I said before, of Chris's time. So I want to give him a couple of a couple of minutes to, you know, a couple of minutes or whatever to kind of shout out some things that's been on his mind, whether he's got a book, whether he wants to talk about his business or his uh, wonderful LinkedIn posts that he likes to come across with. And, and those are those are jazzy. So, Chris, what's been what's been going on with you? So today I'm going to tell you a little bit about me and what I do. So I'm really passionate about helping parents get the bodies that they want. Uh, so they can live the life that they want, so they can be there for the kids forever. Um, what we call our bodies is our kingdom, and our kings and queens rule the kingdom. And, and right now, if you're somebody who's struggling with, uh, you know, getting super stressed, not exercising, eating poorly, needing to, you know, feel, feeling tired all the time, waking up, you're unfortunately just not being there, not being there for yourself. You're not showing up at work. You're not helping your kids, and that's painful. It's painful to hear, but it is the truth. And I'm all about the truth. So uh, what I do as an online fitness expert is I help you get fitness regimens that fit into your schedule, 20 to 30 minutes, that is it. And I did one yesterday, I'm sorry F, it was 16 minutes long, that's it. Um, so that, we give you nutrition, super simple to follow, we don't do macro counting, we don't do any of that stuff because quite frankly it's, it's super complex and boring and I would rather be simple and easy for you. And lastly is I help you with the stuff in between your ears, right? I can't help you with nutrition and fitness if we can't get this right. So it's an all-encompassing program utilizing the Tribrid method to get you the body that you wanted, get you the health that you need so you can be there for your kids forever. Uh, if you're ready to get started on a plan to losing weight, to getting happier and healthier, down below you're going to see the link. All you do is click get started. We'll be able to get you rocking and rolling on that transformation today. Nice, wonderful. Well, everybody, um, thank you for listening. We'll definitely um, get uh, get the links and stuff from from Chris and whatever in all of his. Um stuff we'll put that in, in the bio and in the links so that way you guys can check that out um, also you can always hit us up on facebook and instagram or on linkedin or on twitter um, you can also check out the youtube uh, vlogs of everything that's going on with idea prob on a regular basis um, but we'll catch up next time and interact with us and let us know how we did thanks